0: Episode 61 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on November 27th, 2017. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week game update 5.6 goes live, the patch notes are up, and I'll review all of the changes coming in this update. One of the big features is the activity window, its group finder meets galactic command, and a whole lot more. As of 5.6, the classes are now balanced, I'll tell you how to throw it all out of whack with shiny new augments. And with that, it's time to make the jump to lightspeed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Welcome to Episode 61 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another terrific show lined up for you today. As always, let's start with some announcements for the Old Republic. This is a big week for Star Wars The Old Republic. There are a number of things that will kick off on November 28th, which is tomorrow. First, we have the Rat Plague outbreak on Tatooine which runs through December 5th. And remember, if you want to get Dr. Loken as a companion, this is the time to get that done. And of course, we have Game Update 5.6, A Traitor Among the Chiss. I'll review all of the patch notes and things coming uh, in this update tomorrow. Tomorrow, November 28th, also marks the end of the United Forces campaign. If you qualify for the Mini-Mogul Pet and the Darth Hexed Companion, you will receive those via in game mail. And I don't know what type of gifts Darth Hexed uh, prefers. Hopefully it'll be probably be something, you know, dark like uh, Imperial memorabilia perhaps, but uh, have to be on the lookout for that. There was supposed to be another double rewards event starting on November 28th, but that has now been postponed and will go live as part of game update 5.6.1 on December 12th. Now the good news here is that the event will run until January 1st, So yeah, it's delayed, but it's also going to run for 20 days instead of 7. That's a pretty good trade-off in my book. Looking beyond that, we're coming up on the 6th anniversary of Star Wars The Old Republic, so expect there to be some in-game items coming our way. And soon, the Life Day celebrations will begin, and of course, with the server merges, there will be no shortage of people to pelt with snowballs to get those snow-covered parcels. And it also looks like there will be a new Life Day bundle this year, and it's rumored to include a Merry Ice Tromper Mount, a Life Day Model Umbar and Train Stronghold Decoration, a Snowtacular Flare, a Capero Jubilee Mini Probe Pet, and a Life Day Surprise Toy. I say rumored because all of this is data mined information and not 100% confirmed, However, if you go to Dolphy.net, you'll see some of these items listed as coming in 5.6, but not all of the items are listed there. In addition to the Life Day stuff, there's also a new pack, the Spoil of War is Coming, as well as several new direct purchase items. A lot of cool stuff you want to keep an eye out for, like the Revered Master Armor set, which is the traditional Jedi robe outfit. Well, that's it for the announcements, let's slice the holonet and get to the news this week. As I stated in the opening, I'm recording this on November 27th, which means game update 5.6 goes live tomorrow. I talked about it last week, but now we have the official patch notes and we know everything that we're getting in this update. Remember that the new Warzone is delayed and not part of this update, it will be released in two more weeks. So here's what's coming. New flashpoint, the traitor Theron Shan has found asylum on the Chiss world of Capero, lead a covert strike to uncover his deadly plans before it's too late. That sounds so ominous, and I'll talk about the story a bit more later, uh, but it looks like we're out to get him. Uh, the story also means the return of Reina Temple. Now previously imperial, imperial memorabilia were the best gifts to give her. I don't know if that will be the case now. Uh, the new Operation Boss Fight, Nahut, the Son of Shadow, will be available. And be wary, Nahut is a master of stealth combat and a super weapon capable of galactic destruction. Both story and veteran modes will be available. I don't know what he drops, but you do get 242 gear from story mode and 248 from veteran. So we're up to three pieces of 248 gear that you can now get as drops. There's a new Galactic Starfighter map, Wage War in a 12v12 deathmatch in orbit above the planet Iocath. The Activities Window, the Group Finder interface has seen a huge overhaul. This includes repeatable rewards, bonuses for roles in need, along with unifying the group, Warzone, Galactic Starfighter, and solo content into a single window. If this sounds an awful lot like the Galactic Command interface, it's because the It's going away. The interface, not Galactic Command. And I'll talk about uh, the activities window in greater detail shortly. The Master's Datacron, available for 2,000 cartel coins on the cartel market. This item will allow you to take any existing character and make them a level 70 character. The Datacron also includes a full set of level 70 gear, so you can jump right into the action. This boost does not advance any story progress, and I've heard that the item level of the gear is going to be 230. I don't know if it's going to have a set bonus or not. I would suspect that it doesn't. There are a slew of class discipline changes. I'm pretty sure that every advanced class was changed in some manner. I'm not going to review them all here today. You'll have to read the notes to see how you're impacted, but there are a lot of changes. There were also a few adjustments to galactic starfighter and again you can read all of those while waiting in queue legacy-wide credits uh, players can now deposit and withdraw credits from their legacy banks reading this i'm now worried that the only way to spend credits from the bank will be to withdraw them on the character that needs them i was somehow hoping i'd be able to spend them directly from the bank but i'm thinking that's not the case If we do have to withdraw the credits to use them then this is only slightly better than just mailing them from one tune to another. There are changes to unassembled components and disintegrating items from command crates. So the improved disintegration, uh, disintegrating any item that contains stats in the command stash will now result in gaining unassembled components instead of command experience. All other items still disintegrate into CXP. We've made this change to allow for a more robust way of earning the unassembled components to upgrade equipment. This brings increased value to each command crate earned through gameplay. The cost of all items on the unassembled component vendor has been increased. Note that the rate players earn unassembled components from existing sources has also been increased at the same rate. This change is to account for the changes to disintegration. The number of unassembled components that each player currently possesses has been increased by the same ratio as the cost increased noted above. The unassembled components earned for completing war zones and for killing ops bosses has been increased. Unassembled components are no longer found in the currency tab. Instead, they are a stackable bind on legacy item in your inventory. And a few other miscellaneous items for 5.6 are... A new option has been added to the Preferences window under User Interface Cartel Market called Use Pack Viewer. This option is on by default if the player turns it off. When a cartel market pack is opened, the items will be placed directly into your item stash without the pack viewer animation being played. Various issues related to searching in the cartel market have been corrected. Command boosts that drop from command crates no longer have a restriction on what command ranks they apply to. This is a great change. They were designed to stop working at rank 179, so they had limited appeal. Furthermore, they looked exactly like the CM boosts that do not have that restriction, which made it confusing if you were shopping for them on the GTN. Most players were good about pricing things accordingly, but there were others who were clearly trying to take advantage of unsuspecting buyers. Unfortunately, Eric Musco confirmed that the change is not retroactive. It only applies to new boosts that you get from crates moving forward. The command experience earned from Hammer Station has been reduced in all difficulties to bring it in line with other flashpoints' time commitment. I was not aware that this was a good source of command uh, XP compared to other flashpoints, but I've seen enough tears flow on my Twitter feed that suggests that this is worthy of a moment of silence. All right, moving on. The ground pound from the Vixian mauler in the Crisis on Umbara now has a description if a player mouses over the debuff. Defeating Nahut has been added to the gods from the machine objective for conquest. Characters across the galaxy now have an appropriate amount of sparkle in their eyes. Items that are linked in chat will now show their rarity alongside their name. The intermittent Iocath conduit and large Iocath statue decoration will no longer show up in the decoration UI as they are not currently available in the game. Decorations have been added to the mission reward for solo mode flash points. That's kind of nice. When adding an augment slot to an item, the augment kit drop-down box will now sort by whichever kit the player has the highest quantity of. So depending on how this actually ends up working, this could be a very nice quality of life change here. And finally, two tiers of new augments have been added to the game. Item rating 230, Artifact Quality, which drop inside of the Caparo Flashpoint, and item rating 236, Legendary Quality. These are crafted, and schematics can be learned by the respective crew skill trainer. So as you can see, this is a pretty big update covering a lot of different fronts. One of the big features is the activity window, or as I like to call it, the feature formerly known as the group finder. Now here are some of its features. The Galactic Command interface has been removed from the game. All queuing will happen via the activities window or the chapter launcher. Queuing for ranked and unranked war zones will now happen via the activities window Solo activities, such as heroic missions, solo flashpoints, and the eternal championship, have been added to the activities window. They will populate based on your character level. All heroics, daily areas, events, when eligible, and flashpoints can easily be queued from the new solo window. And let us hope and pray that this means an end to random daily heroics and that we can just go in and specifically queue for the ones we want. Uh, There will be repeatable rewards for each PVE group activity. There is a repeatable reward when queuing for all available content. This reward is available after claiming the daily bonus for that category. And There is a new feature called Role in Need. Certain group enforced content will now give bonuses to roles in need. The goal is to provide that extra incentive to help bring groups together quicker. For example. There is a lack of healers in the activities window queue for master mode flashpoints, so we will offer an extra bonus to any healers who queue for that activity. I've seen this in other games. It's not bad, but as a general rule, expect the need to be tanks, followed by healers, followed by the cold day in hell when there's a shortfall of DPS. Daily Rewards For each PVE group activity, there is a significant bonus to experience credits, command experience, and unassembled components. To be eligible for this reward, you must queue for all available content. Lockouts. We've redesigned the Operation Lockout window to be more informative while cleaning up unnecessary duplication of data. This is a good start, but the focus is clearly on better rewards and consolidating how we queue for activities. It's the spawn of the Galactic Command Interface and the Group Finder. I hope that in the near future, they plan to expand this out and allow us to form groups. You want to hunt down some Dark versus Light World bosses? Go to the Activity window, create an activity, and allow players to sign up. As the organizer, you can list criteria and accept and reject players. You're in the middle of a 16-man run and someone drops. You can list your group and then fill. And it wouldn't be just for ops it could be for anything you want to form a group for heroics or to hunt down hk51 parts this is the tool that you would use to do that it didn't happen for 5.6 but i hope that in creating the activity window they've laid the foundation for this to happen in a future update now another of the new items we're getting in 5.6 are the new augments according to the notes there will be two types 230 artifact and 236 Legendary. The 230 will drop from the new Flashpoint, hopefully in all modes, but with higher drop rates from Veteran and Master modes. The 236 will be craftable, and and you can learn the schematics directly from your Crew Skill Trainer. There was no mention of what was needed to craft them, but I think there's a new material coming in 5.6, but don't quote me on that. Now, as far as how readily available the new Augments will be, well, this is what Charles Boyd had to say about them
1: during the bad-feeling Bouvette number two. We wanted to have something new and, and, and actually exciting for players to chase. You know, everyone likes cosmetics, everyone likes decos, everyone sure. likes that kind of stuff. But power is still, for most players, the main draw, right? So uh, we just essentially landed on augments as a way to give players a little more power um, okay. without having to go with the specific you know, new tier of gear, new command levels route. And there is one thing that's important. And it had been a long time since we actually updated them, right? They're pretty far back from, yeah. from the average like, gear levels. So it yeah. felt like a time to, to get back to that. And there is one important distinction, too. And you guys will learn more about this when we start talking, like, super specifics on the augments. But the augments are not designed currently in a way that you are absolutely going to have the best augments all the time. Yeah. Like, there is chase in those okay. augments. So yeah. the, game, the game is still balanced around the current augments because we expect most people will have those augments. The other ones are beneficial to go above it but it's not necessarily like every level 70 is going to be running around in the best augments in the entire game okay at least not immediately correct there is (laughs) there is a chase component to it so just know at least a little bit of that part okay so that's that's where i think part of i totally understand the reasonableness of the question that like why nerf us to then just make everybody more powerful well because not everybody's going to be more powerful yeah right Right away right Right away right away away. away. i mean but you know all things in time sure probably yeah Despite the lack of official
0: information, there is data mined information on the new augments. Unlike the current augments, the new ones will have endurance, power, and a third stat such as accuracy, crit, and alacrity. The tertiary stat will remain relatively flat to what we have today. And I think the impact to your discipline's loadout will be minimal here. So let me give you an example. The current accuracy augment has the following stats. 65 endurance, 96 accuracy the new 230 augment will have 67 endurance 97 accuracy and 19 power the 236 augment will have 76 endurance 98 accuracy and 33 power defensive augments will have the same amount of the tertiary stat but the endurance and power will be reversed for example a 236 absorb augment will have 33 endurance 98 absorb and 76 power the real benefit from these new augments is the power stat a full set of 236 augments will grant you 462 power and you'll get 266 from the 230s and that's for the non-defensive ones are they worth chasing after absolutely are they mandatory well i don't think so i mean i don't think there is anything in the game that's tuned around these augments In fact, we know that the classes are not balanced around these augments and having them will probably make you a little bit more powerful than what they balanced around. I'm certainly going to try and get them on my main simply because I want them and I should be able to get them. That's my motivation. Yours may very well be different. There are individuals and groups that seek to gain every competitive advantage possible for everything they do. My feeling is this. If you don't have them, You shouldn't feel like you're behind the eight ball here, and you'll do just fine whether it's Ops, PvP, or Master Mode chapters and the like. These new augments to me are simply a nice-to-have, I wouldn't call them a must-have, although your Ops leader and people that you do activities with might feel different. So The best augments in the game will be craftable, which is good because there will certainly be a demand for them and thus a reason for players to have the crew skills that can make them. I bring this up because in game update 5.4, Crisis on Umbara, BioWare reintroduced reusable stims, adrenals, and med packs. It's not something that was widely publicized. It certainly wasn't mentioned in in the game update 5.4 patch notes, And I think it managed to sail under the radar. The schematics are sold by the reputation vendor for Umbara and can be purchased for a combination of credits and the currency you earn by running the Flashpoint. They can be traded and sold. However, you must be Biochem 600 to use them. That's right, they're Biochem only. If you have biochem but don't want to grind out the currency to purchase the schematics, you can just buy the items off the GTN or find someone to make them for you. The stats and duration are identical to the top tier stims, adrenals, and med packs in the game. For those that don't know, reusables were once part of the game. They were removed because they were deemed to be too powerful. They offered such a benefit that many players felt that biochem was a mandatory crew skill especially if you were into endgame raiding. So here we are today with reusable stims, adrenals, and medpacks back in the game. I don't know if there's been a mad rush to drop other crew skills and pick up biochem, but I suspect not. In the early days, the other crew skills didn't offer up much in the way of useful endgame items. Nowadays, there are augments and augment kits. There are mods, enhancements, armorings, hilts, and barrels. Today's stims last an incredibly long time. And it's not that hard to make credits these days so purchasing the stims and adrenals and med packs shouldn't break the bank also players have a lot more characters today than they did before chances are you have a biochemist who can make stims adrenals and med packs for your other tunes if you have a tune that is your main and you do hours upon hours of end game rating each week then it probably makes sense to have biochem on that character otherwise i don't think it's as mandatory today as it was back in the old days ultimately it's about quality of life it's nice having med packs and adrenals always at the ready you don't have to save them for anything you never run out and thus you don't have to worry about keeping up the supply I'm ready for 5.6. I hope some questions get answered. Is Theron really a traitor? He wasn't surprised we survived the train wreck, and he even left us some Adegan crystals. And what about that mysterious order? Theron said he left the Alliance because it no longer looked like an engine for peace, but that robed figure with the bone mask who welcomed Theron into the order did not look like a harbinger of peace. He looked like someone who belongs to a cult rather than a political movement or revolution. And this figure likely wasn't the Order's leader, which makes one wonder, who is their leader? You can't have an Order without a leader. And I'm pretty sure Theron is not it. Unless, like great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, like great-great-great-great-great-grandson? I don't think so. I think that's going to be it for today. I can't wait to jump into A Traitor Among the Chiss. I'll run it on my main tune first, but then I'm going to run it on my newly created female Chiss agent. She's about a month old, and she's already my number two alt. She's sitting at Galactic Command rank 250. I've taken her through her class story, Revan, Fallen Empire, Eternal Throne, Iokath, and Umbara. She's ready for Capero and a reunion with Aristocris Aganu and, of course, Theron Shan. And she's an operative, which I've never played before, and i got to say, if you haven't played a stealth character, you need to give that a try, especially if you like solo activities. If there is something you can do on your own, you'll never want to group with anyone ever again to do that thing. As a non-stealth, having a friend along is a big help, but when you can stealth, they're just an anchor. So that is all I've got for today. Let me cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour listening to episode 61 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is SotorPodcast.com, and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at sotorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at sotorpodcast or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Look for episode 62 on December 5th and remember the Sith code, Cake is Alive.